Hey, I'm Mitchell Holmes, and I am the Children's Director at our Waterford location. Thank you so much for checking out this message. We're glad you're here, and we would love to get connected with you and your family. One easy way that you can do that is by texting the word River Connect to 97000. That's River Connect, all one word, to 97000. You can also visit our website at theriverchurch.cc to learn more about us and some upcoming events. Lastly, if you'd like to give to the River Church today, you can text the amount that you'd like to give to 84321, or you can head to our website and click on the Giving tab at the top of the page. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. I want to welcome you to the River Church. My name is Jason Combs. I'm the location pastor here at our Waterford location, and just excited to be with you tonight, and uh, excited to be able to share God's Word with you. If you do have your Bible, we're going to be in Ephesians uh, chapter number 1. So behind me was this image, and it says identity, and so this month we're starting a new series on Tuesday night, and the question is, and it's a big question, and I want this question to kind of float around in your mind a little bit, who are you? It's a pretty big question, isn't it? What, what defines you? If, if I were to go to your best friend and say, hey, who are they? They're going to tell me a little bit, aren't they? For some of you, that may be scary. Like, oh, I don't want them to tell you a little bit about me. But, but who, who are we? And for some of you, which is a really awesome thing, is what defined you seven years ago doesn't define you today, does it? What, what defined you? Maybe, maybe, it was, maybe it was six months ago. Maybe it was seven years ago. For some of you, I look out there and, and uh, it was like 60 years ago. What used to define you? No smiling, Beth, all right? But what used to define you doesn't define you anymore. There, there is a new identity of who you are, and that's wonderful. And maybe in life, has there ever been a time you've been wrongly identified? Like, that's not me. Maybe somebody from your past came back and they started talking to you. You had to go, hey, hey, bro, that, that, that's not me anymore. That, that's, that's not who I am. That, that's who I was. That's how, but, but that, that's the wrong. I have a new identity. Think about this word identity. It's like when the police officer pulls you over, what do they ask for? The first thing, hey, excuse me, can I have identification, please? That's, that's what they want. And it reminds me of uh, uh, something that happened to me this, this summer where uh, wrong identity happened. And uh, so this summer, um, there, there's a gentleman, and I think he's here. Yeah, Caden is here. All right, so this summer, uh, uh, there's a man in our church. He's a young adult. He's sitting back there. You can all stare at him and go, okay? All right, so, so that's Caden. And uh, Caden and I, uh, he's been coming to our church. He serves in our church. He, he uh, serves actually as uh, my, I have a son. He's 13. He's a small group leader in youth ministry. I love it. All right. So uh, he serves in youth ministry. He cares. And so we've had some conversation just about, uh, Pastor, what about, um, you know, doing some classes and studying the Bible more and ministry? And we've been talking about that. So this summer, one Wednesday night, it was about 1130 at night. And, and I don't know about you, but I have already hit like old man stage in my, like 11.30, I am already gone. Like that is not, like you hit about 10.15, like eh, it's bedtime, let's go to bed. I'm so 11.30, I am, I'm gone to the world. 11.30 at night on a Wednesday night, I receive a text from Caden. 
The text says something like, hey, pastor, I just have some questions for you. I've been thinking about ministry. I'd love, love to talk about it. And 1130 and I grabbed my phone. I'm like, okay, Caden, text me. All right, fine. Uh, how about next Wednesday, uh, Chris Belly's, because that's where I always eat. I like Chris Belly's pizza. Uh, I'll meet you there at noon. Great. Okay, good. Put the phone back down. Went back to sleep. That was Wednesday. Sunday came around, and uh, I saw Caden as the church gathered together, and I went to Caden. I said, Caden, you good for lunch on Wednesday at Chris Belly's? And he looked at me and goes, yeah, Pastor, we can go to lunch at Chris Belly's. I'd love to go to lunch with you. It'd be great. And I said, awesome. Wednesday morning, next Wednesday morning rolled around. It was about 10 o'clock. I texted Caden and said, Caden, are, are you good? Are you good for lunch at noon? And he said, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be there at noon. I'm like, great. So I stroll into Chris Belly's. I get there before him. I walk in there, and the hostess, she knows who I am because I eat there all the time. And uh, I said, hey, there, I'm going to have a, a lunch with another guy. Can I have a table? She says, sure. So, sure. So she goes and walks me into the restaurant, walks me by some tables. I'm walking by. I look over, and there is a high school student, a senior in high school. He's sitting by himself at a table, and I know him. He used to go to church here, uh, and uh, so I, I, I know him. I know his dad. And he looked at me, and I said, hey, how's it going, Caden? You doing all right? And so the high school kid, and he said, uh, 18 years old, and he's sitting by himself. And so the hostess looked at me and said, are you eating with him? I said, no, I'm eating Caden, so I'm, I'll go sit over there. And she said, okay, I'll set up your table over there. So I look over, and this young high school kid, and I look at him, and I said, hey, Caden, what are you doing? He said, I'm meeting you for lunch. And all of a sudden, you ever had your like week reverse back? See, I walked back and went, wait a minute. When I was half asleep on Wednesday night, Caden texted me. It wasn't that Caden, it was that Caden. That Caden texted me for lunch and said, hey, you want to have lunch? And I texted him back half asleep and said, yeah, sure, I'll have lunch with you, Caden. That would be great. I'll have lunch with you Wednesday at 12 o'clock at, at Chris Belly's. He said, great. And then Sunday, I went and saw that Caden said, hey, you texted me when he didn't really text me at all. But I said, Caden, you want to have lunch at 12 o'clock at Chris Belly's? He said, sure. So I went to Chris Belly's meeting Caden, but I didn't know it was that Caden. So he said, are you eating with me? And I sat down and said, yeah, I'm having lunch with Caden. It's going to be great. And then about two minutes later, the other Caden came walking. He looked at me and said, hey, Caden, meet Caden. We're all going to have lunch together. <laughs> Mistaken identity, huh? And we had a wonderful lunch, and it was great, and we talked about ministry, and it was wonderful. But tonight, we're going to talk about identity. This month, we're going to talk about who are you? In Ephesians chapter number 1, in verse 13, and I'm going to read you this verse. I just kind of want it to soak in. I want you to hear it, and then I'll come back to it. But Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, the Bible says this, In him... And this is a big, in him. Who is this? Who's him? This is Christ. You can hear in Christ. And Ephesians chapter 1, if you read it, and I would challenge you tonight when you go home or tomorrow morning when you go up, read Ephesians chapter 1 and just listen for how many times it says in him. It doesn't say it once or twice or three times. It, it says it a bunch. It says in him, in Christ, you also. When you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him. So this passage in Ephesians, the writer here, Paul through the Holy Spirit, is speaking to believers. He's saying, hey, in him, in Christ, you. 
You, when you heard the gospel, now the gospel, the most important thing, this is the good news of Jesus Christ. This is God sending his son to this earth that Christ died on the cross and he rose again. This is the best news of all time, that Christ came and offered us salvation. He says this, in him you also, when you heard the word of truth, what is that? The gospel of your salvation. It says, and believed in him. Again, it is not good enough to just hear the gospel or to go, hey, I'm okay with what Jesus did. It says salvation comes that we must believe in Jesus and the work of the cross. When you believe in him, you were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit who is the guarantee excuse me who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory here in this passage it says hey you, you who know me as savior you who know Christ as savior excuse me you are in him because of the work of the cross that we know God we have a relationship with God because of being in Christ, this is salvation. And in Ephesians chapter 1, it speaks of what reveals your identity. And Paul says here, let, let me tell you what reveals your identity. Those who know Christ, it is those who are in him. It is what ultimately gives you your identity. And so just to take a second, some people would say, well, what, what is my identity? What gives me my identity. What is it? And I would say, and this is going to be, I want to take you down a road. I would say your relationships define your identity. You may be able to wait a minute, right? Because I would say, look at me. Who am I? What identifies me? Well, go talk to my wife. How I am as a husband, that's going to define a lot of who I am. Not just the guy who stands up here on stage and preaches, but my identity, who I am. You, you can talk to my wife and you can see who I am. You can talk to that 13-year-old kid that lives in my house. My boy, as a father. You can talk to my coworkers, right? The ones I work with. And they'll tell you how, how I acted at lunch today. How I act on the golf course. It shows you who I am. There's lots of things. My relationships, though. And then there's things like my relationship with the TV. Probably identifies a lot of who you are. Right? If I go to your DVR and look at what you're watching, it may define a little bit of what you like and what you watch and what you think about and then how you act. Your relationship. How about your relationship with the bottle? For a lot of you, that has given you your identity or your relationship with pill, whatever it is, define you. See, I believe relationships. It reminds me of a story when I was very young. I think I was like seven years old, somewhere around. It's just, I have this memory 
of my mom and my dad, and they were taking me on a trip, and we were going into Canada. And this is before you needed like 19 things of identification to get to a different country. And so my parents were taking me into Canada. I was seven years old, right around there. And uh, we came to the border. And what do you do when you get to the border? They ask you for what? I need some identification. So my parents give their, you know, their identification and there's a boy sitting in the back seat and they said, can I have his identification? My parents for some reason went, oh, we don't have any. And so what, what did they do? They said, um, you guys need to drive over into there and to go into that building. Because even back then you couldn't take somebody, I, you didn't have any identification, you're taking them into another country. And I'll never forget, we walked into this building and it was just like, for me, a seven-year-old, I'm like, what's going on, mom and dad? We're walking in here. We come up to that. There's this officer there. And I mean, he's suited up, got you know, his gun, all that stuff. And I remember, I believe the question, he looked at me and said, okay, uh, what is his name? And I remember just looking and I went, dad, what is her name? I remember my answer, mom. And I remember him going, okay, you guys are good. Go ahead. (laughs) Why? My relationship helped define my identity. When they saw the relationship, uh, that's mom, that's dad. This is the relationship. It defined me. And he was like, yep, that's good enough ID for me. So we come back to this big question is who are you? I think it comes back to relationships. And I would even argue, and I love this, and I just, I studied it this week and preached some of this on Sunday, that when the Bible defines who Jesus is, and in Colossians chapter 1, there is jam-packed in like five verses, one of the best definitions that identifies who Jesus is. I mean, the whole Bible identifies who Jesus is, but man, it just crammed so much. It says, hey, In Colossians chapter 1, I want to tell you the identity of who Jesus is. And so it just tells us. So how does it define this? It defines it by telling us the relationships that Jesus has. When it defines, hey, let me give you the identity of Jesus. Colossians 1 says, okay, I'm going to show you three of his relationships. This will help identify who Jesus is. And so in Colossians 1.15, it starts out with the first relationship with Christ. Colossians 1.15 says, He, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. What's happening here? To identify Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, hey, let me tell you his relationship. It'll identify who Jesus is. He says, let me tell you the first relationship identifies who Jesus is. Let me tell you Jesus' relationship with God. So here it says, hey, this is the relationship. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. It tells us his relationship, that Jesus is the perfect, absolute, accurate image of God. In Colossians 2, it says, and all the fullness of the deity dwells in Christ. Hebrews 1.3 says it like this. He is the radiance of the glory of God, and I love this wording here, and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Hear the author, because listen, let me tell you something. Knowing who Jesus is is the most important thing. 
knowing who Christ is. And so the Bible, over and over and over again, it tells you who Jesus is. Why? Because the world you live in, they're going to kind of, they, they, they want to change and manipulate who Christ is. But the word is so clear. So clear. It says, let me tell you who Jesus is. Jesus is God with us. Matthew 1, 23 uses the word Emmanuel that means God with us. Jesus is not like a mere relic of God or similar to God. Jesus is the revelation of God. And so the passage John chapter 1 says this, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. One man said he is the full, final, and complete revelation of God. He is God in human flesh, and to think anything less of him is blasphemy. All things were made through him. He is God. He is the full deity of God is in Christ. And you may say, why is this important? Because we must know who Christ is. We must see. And so this passage says, hey, let me tell you who Christ is. Well, I'll, I'll point to his relationships. So he says, I'll show you the relationship between Jesus and God. And the Bible says it over and over again. And then it said, okay, now let me show you the relationship of Jesus and creation. Keep reading. It says, verse 16, for by him all things were created in heaven and in earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authority, all things were created through him and for him. How do you know who Jesus is? Look at the relationship with him and creation. What's that relationship look like? He's the creator of all. From him and through him and to him are all things, is what Romans chapter 11 says. It's all about him. He created it. And then what's so amazing is the Bible says he sustains it. He didn't just create it and go, okay, I'm done now. Keep reading. It says, and he is before all things and in him all things hold together. What's the relationship to Jesus and creation? He sustains it all. One said it like this, God created not chaos, but God created, oh, I missed the wording here. I gotta go about the cosmos. That God created the cosmos. He didn't create chaos. Why? Jesus, Lord God, all-powerful, created it all, and he holds it all together. And we could spend tons of time and think about the mass of, of the universe and creation and think about the world spinning at perfect, the right speed. And if it sped any faster or slower, we'd all die. Or if the moon was closer, we'd, we'd all die. If, you know, all of these things. And we all look and go, man, it's all sustained by Jesus. And why is this so important? Because Paul and the Word and the Holy Spirit says, hey, you need to know who Jesus is first. And then it tells us one relationship, another, the third relationship. Verse 18, it says, he, Jesus, is the head of the body, the church. It says, so important you know who Jesus is. I want to show you, here's his relationship with God. Here's his relationship with creation. Here's his relationship with the church. Well, what is that? He's in charge. 
He's the head. He uses this picture. It says the church is like a body. You know who the head is? You know who the power comes from? The source and strength? Jesus. It's all about him. He's in charge. If you want to, if you're new to the river place, maybe you're just stopping here first time. If you're like, hey, who's in charge here? You know what the answer is? Jesus. He, he's the one. Who makes the rules? He does. Who has the ultimate authority? Does he? Who has the power? Jesus. That we're called to be under him and follow his rule. This is Christ. And here we so want you to know who Christ is. Why? Because when you know the Christ and you believe in him and what he did, it will give you a new identity. It will give you a new life. See, when you read Colossians and it says, hey, let me tell you who Jesus is. Right after that, in verse 21, I love it. He says, and you. See, he talks about Jesus and says, hey, this is who Jesus is. These are his relationships. This is, defines who he is. And then he says, and you. And me. He says, and you who are once alienated and hostile in mind and doing evil deeds. It says, Again, speaking to believers, you, you used to have a different identity. You used to walk a different walk, live a different way, have a different tune, respond differently. But you who have met Jesus and now have a relationship with him, it gives you a new identity. You have a new way of life. You have new power in Christ. And I love it because he says, you who were once separated, you who once rejected Jesus, who said, no way. Verse 22, he has now reconciled in his body of the flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. Listen, this is awesome. Because of the cross, it changes who you are, and it says, hey, you're no longer that way. You're now holy. He presents you now holy and blameless before the Lord. Why? Not because of what you've done, but because of what Christ did. It's what Christ did on the cross. And it gives you a new identity that you know, man, God, now when he looks at me, he sees the righteousness of Jesus. It gives me a new life. Something new defines me. It is Christ. And so this takes me back to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, that says, in him, in Christ. I love, one author said it this way, I loved it. He said, even more, he said, I'd rather be defined as in Christ than a Christian. Because he said, the word Christian, you know, it's only used like three times in the Bible. And, and we have Christian, I mean, people have brought all new, like, given like all different kinds of definitions. But in Christ is something totally different, right? Being in him changes everything. Now, does it mean we're perfect? No. Does it mean we don't stumble? No, we, we still stumble, but we get back up and have a new way and a new life. It's because... We're in Christ. And I, I was reading and studying and came across this Chinese proverb. It says this, you want to be happy for an hour, get drunk. 
You want to be happy for three days, get married. You want to be happy for eight days, kill the pig and eat it for eight days. But the Chinese proverb said, you want to be happy forever, grow a garden. And I was like, man, those first four, they, they make sense. The last one, it misses it. Because only Christ will bring us true satisfaction. Only Christ gives us new life and a new way and a microphone that pops and makes noise. Okay, hopefully I'll stand still. But it is in Christ, it is only fulfillment in him that will bring true satisfaction. John 6.35, I am the bread of life, and whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. See, we can have our identity, a whole new identity, and it's found in him. So in Ephesians, again, I already challenge you to read it tonight or tomorrow, or maybe even this, tonight and tomorrow. Get crazy. But as you read and you walk through these first 15 verses in this chapter, you're going to find what it looks like to be in him, that identity. So let me take you through a couple of these really quick. Verse 4, it says, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. So I love this because in him we are chosen. That God, he loves you. He died on the cross for you that you may have new life. Keep reading. It says this. It says at the end of verse 4, In love he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ. What is this saying? In him we're chosen. In him we are loved. And just so you know, love is not that feeling. Love is a verb that's action. That's why John 3.16 is so amazing. For God so loved the world. And then you see the action that he sent his only begotten son. It's what love truly does. You see the amazing love of Christ. We have our identity in him. We know we're chosen. We know we're loved. Keep reading, it says, in him we're adopted. What does that mean? Uh, we got new parents. We have a father. We have a new, our, our father, our heavenly father. You jump down to verse seven. The beginning of verse seven says, in him, I told you it doesn't say it a couple times. It's over and over again. It is beautiful. It is saying, hey, new identity, new life. You don't have to live the old way. You see what that's done in your life. Christ has a new life. Where's a new identity found? In him. In Christ. Verse 7, it says, in him we have redemption through his blood. What does this mean? We have been redeemed because of Jesus Christ and the power of the cross. Then it goes on to say, in him we are forgiven Maybe you need to hear that tonight. If you know Christ, you're in him. You don't have to sit in that guilt that you've repented of. No, man, I am in Christ. I have a new identity. I've been forgiven. And you repent of sin, right? You tell God, you confess it, and you turn away from it, and you walk a new way. But to know you're forgiven. Get to verse 10. 
It says that as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him. You see, you're, in, you're united in Christ. And what I, I think about this being united in Christ not only gives us a new father, it gives us a new family. This is what we're, we're gathered together on Tuesdays and Sundays and Wednesdays and all the time, every day of the week as the church. Why? We're a family together. We walk together. We love each other. We care about each other. And being in him gives us the father, but it also gives us a new family with people to help us and to care for us. That's what the church is. Get to verse 11, it says, in him we have an inheritance, this eternal life. You get to verse 13, it says, in him we're sealed with the Holy Spirit, that we receive the power of the Holy Spirit. What is that? Many people get that mistaken, and I love, one author says it this way. It says, the Holy Spirit, he is there to empower us, to equip us for ministry. He is our helper, our advocate. He protects us, he encourages us, and he guarantees our inheritance in Jesus Christ because we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. Is your identity found in Jesus? Are you, are you gonna ask somebody in life, Are they going to say, yep, their identity, it's in Christ? Because I think our relationships define us. And the number one relationship is what is our relationship with God? Because of Christ and the cross, we can have a new identity in him. And it changes everything. My identity with Christ changes, it changes all of my relationships. My, at least, my relationship with Christ makes my relationship with my wife different. Because he calls me to live in a way that loves him and loves her. My relationship with Christ and that identity, it changes my relationship with my son it changes my relationship with my coworkers. It changes my relationship with my TV. It changes my relationship with the bottle. It changes it. When our identity is found in him. I love back in Colossians. It says Jesus is preeminent. What does that mean? He's first in everything. And if we know Christ... We have that relationship. He becomes first in all the other relationships. Changes it all. You know, if you've heard me speak on Tuesday nights before, you've probably heard me speak of my father. My father went to be home with the Lord in December. And I just, as I prepared the sermon, I'm so thankful that when my dad was 32 years old, he found his identity in Jesus. And it changed everything. Everything that defined his life before, it changed it. And he lived the rest of his life with a new identity. And I grew up in a home that saw that my dad's identity was in Christ. And what's so awesome, and I'll tell you, and just be 
straight with you. I've never went to the bottle. I've never went to a dig. I've never had to do that. Why? Because, man, my dad and his identity changed his life because of Christ. And I saw it. And because of that testimony, I went, man, I want, I want to be in Christ. That's the life I want to live. When my dad passed away in December, people got up to share. You know what they talked about? His identity. And what was it? In Christ. And it changed everything. So maybe tonight, if you're real honest and you looked at the question, go, who am I? If the answer isn't in Christ, you know it can be tonight. It can be. See, I believe the Holy Spirit is what works in people's hearts. And maybe tonight the Holy Spirit is working in your heart and it's just, maybe if you got honest, you hear it and go, the Holy Spirit is going, you know, you've never really put your identity in me. You know about me. You've done the church thing. But to truly be in him. How do you do that? The Bible says you hear of the words of the gospel and you believe. And the Bible says if you will then confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved. New identity. And you can do that right where you're seated. It's not about Walking, well, I got baptized or I said this thing or did this. If you're honest and you look and go, man, I've never truly believed, then maybe tonight's the night you confess and you believe. And you cry out to Jesus tonight. Well, what does that look like? It looks like you telling Jesus, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and to save me. I believe you died on the cross and rose again and I accept you and the payment of the cross. Jesus, I trust you and I believe in you. Save me. If you truly mean that, I believe Jesus tonight gives you a new identity in him. And that's the best night ever. So I'm gonna ask the worship team if they'll come They're going to lead us a song of worship. If you want to talk to somebody about that, if you'd like to, hey, I don't know if I've ever truly accepted Christ. Listen, there are those here, and I'll just ask the leaders, if you guys want to move forward up to the front, and they'll they'll be up here. If you've never accepted Christ, walk up to one of them and go, hey, I, I want to make sure I know Jesus, and they would love, love it will make it a wonderful night. See, we who know Christ, when somebody accepts Christ, man, we get joyful. So if you'd like to accept Christ, you're welcome. Come forward, talk to one of them. They'll tell you exactly how you can be sure you know Jesus. Let's pray and Phil lead a song of worship. Lord Jesus, we praise you. Thank you for tonight. Thank you for your word. Jesus, we thank you for who you are and we praise you. Thank you that our identity may be found in you. We praise you in Jesus' name, amen.